This is the Short-Term Parking Podcast, and I'm Jack Prebeck. Freedom is nothing but a chance to be better. That quote from the absurdist author and philosopher Albert Camus. Freedom is nothing but a chance to be better. Not to get better, to be better. Meaning to be better at something. Some pursuit could be you want to be more fit, more athletic, more healthy. Could be you would like to be a better parent, a better person. Could be you want to be better at some endeavor. Something that you do, something that you like to do. Absurdism seems to be a good bet these days, doesn't it? If you look around, you are surrounded, bombarded by the absurd. You are in an absurd set of circumstances. And there is a beauty in that. There is a solace in the realization that you are living the absurd, living in an absurd situation. When you come to that true realization of that, you can move forward. It gives you a freedom, a freedom to be better. It is not that all is absurd and nothing matters. It's instead that you recognize the absurd and you can decide for yourself what it is, where it is, how it is you wish to be better. You could spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how and why we got here. How did we end up in this mess, at this point, in civilization. And there are things worthy of looking into, like why do we live under the regime of a financial system that is a cartel between private actors and the government and is a false construct. And you should probably ponder why you are given Two political choices, equally bad, that govern in the same way at the end of the day, as if there were only two opinions and only two possible solutions to any given set of circumstances or a problem, and why, on a national level, you only get to choose between two buffoons. These are examples of absurdities. And there will be a tipping point when enough people realize the absurdness of these situations, then they will finally be able to enact change. War is a racket, said Smedley Butler. The most decorated military man that our country had produced in his time. 
and a man who is not taught in schools, but so much of the history that actually matters, that is worthwhile, is of course not taught in schools. One thing you do hear in school is that those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it, which is absurd because the human condition is constantly evolving and forever fluid. But Smedley Butler was right. War is a racket, but most everything is a racket. And if any of you have been following along in the previous versions of this podcast, the previous episode, you will know that there is a continuous thread in that I often talk about creativity in the creative process. And surely any business that has ever been associated with or linked to the creative process has been and continues to be a racket. And presently in the field of music, the business that matters is streaming. And the biggest player in streaming is Spotify. And the big news is that Spotify has signed some kind of exclusive deal with Joe Rogan. The Joe Rogan podcast, the Joe Rogan experience. Little, uh, little polite little rip off of Jimi Hendrix there. No big deal. And I will say that I have consumed the Joe Rogan podcast. I've watched many episodes and sometimes been rewarded for my time with entertainment value. And Mr. Rogan seems a nice enough guy, a swell guy, and a person who, in my opinion, generally promotes a positive outlook and generally promotes the idea of good health. And that's good. That's a good thing. He is not, however, a radical in any sense or a fringe player, an outsider, and he is not every man. He is not one of you. This is not to belittle his accomplishments, but the reason that he had the opportunity to become the $100 million podcaster is due in some part to the recognition factor that he has due to his work in the mainstream entertainment system. And regardless of what a hard worker he is, some luck played a factor early on in him getting an opportunity to enter into the game. And much of success has to do with luck or right place at right time. That's one of those cliches that does contain a good amount of truth. And Joe Rogan started his podcast at the perfect time 
and parlayed his recognition into being the guy at the top of the hill of the podcasting world. And good on him. God bless him. And he is now entering into business with Spotify, which is a racket, a business model built on fostering a parasite host relationship with a vast number of creative people who get paid not pennies on the dollar, but pennies on pennies for the use of their art, their creative output. Spotify, of course, cut back room shady deals with all the major label record companies. And those record labels make the majority of the money that Spotify pays out. Independent artists make far less per spin than what the major labels do for content that they control. And now they are moving into the podcast space and they're going to do the same thing to podcasts that they did to the music industry. In essence, control the flow of money. And it sets a precedent for having exclusive content, which has been done before with podcasts, but not to this level, not on this level, and possibly foretells a future where the biggest names in music could possibly sign contracts with streaming services for exclusive content and hey possibly even cut out those old major label record companies Spotify and other streaming services could become the label distributor radio station judge jury and executioner I watched a video this morning on YouTube by a guy named Damien Keys, who I've never, uh, I've never seen any of his videos before, but he seems like a knowledgeable person, good guy, seems like a nice guy, swell guy. However, he made one point that I am going to disagree with, at least in part, He was saying that Joe Rogan signing an exclusive deal with Spotify is going to have a trickle-down effect on at least some independent producers of content. And he used an analogy that went along the lines of if you owned property in a certain neighborhood and Joe Rogan came in and built a house next to yours, the value of your property would go up considerably. 
the flaw in this is that you do not own property in the neighborhood. So it would be more like if you were a homeless person in a neighborhood and Joe Rogan came in and built a house there. You would probably get some trickle-down effect in that they would probably find a way to move you out of that neighborhood and give you either three hots and a cot or access to a soup kitchen. So these are just further examples of absurdism, absurdities. But of course you have freedom. As Albert Camus said, freedom is nothing but a chance to be better. There is no model to follow here. There is no method you can learn to achieve what Joe Rogan has just done. There is no roadmap to a hundred million dollars. But you can figure out ways to be better. If you are engaged in a creative process, you are on your own. You can't expect somebody else to understand your artistic vision. You cannot expect someone else to even understand any artistic vision. There was a time when a person could possibly have spotted a trend that was maybe just starting and tried to tailor their creative endeavors to fit somehow in this trend or coming trend and thus, thus somehow hop on the bandwagon of that trend and find some success. But we're really in a post-trend reality here. You may hit the sweet spot in a trend by just dumb luck. You may already be doing something that fits that trend. And somebody hears you, notices you, and affords you a chance to go along for the ride. But for the most part, whoever's in control, be it the record label, the streaming service, the social media platform, whatever absurd company is the gatekeeper of the absurd business of garnering income off creative content, why, they're just going to beat you to it. But you can take a look at what you do and what you like. Maybe try to evolve what you do into something that you like. Trust your true instincts, trust your tastes, trust yourself, and create something that you think is good. And I believe that that is the essence of what K. 
Camus was saying when he said freedom is nothing but a chance to be better. Coming to the realization that all of this outward stuff is absurd is the beginning of liberty. And I would like to point out here that this, all of this type of talk, these things that I'm saying here, this is not meant to be a lecture. I'm not trying to elevate myself to the position of educator. I'm still learning, and these are realizations that I'm coming to. I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody else, maybe more. And of course, you should always take anything I or anybody else says with a grain of salt, a coarse grain of salt. And that pretty much concludes what I had on my mind this morning for podcast number seven. Short-term parking number seven is in the books. And as always, I'm going to leave you here with a little bit of music. This is something that I recorded that I came up with yesterday morning. I have been using the Akai Force standalone music production studio to construct some fresh canvases to paint some sonic landscapes on. And as I go along, I learn more and more each time I mess with this machine. And a couple days ago, I realized that it is not set up with templates for a 3-4 rhythm. Which is an indication that counting in 3 as opposed to 4 has fallen out of favor. Yet historically, a great deal of uh, interesting and important music has been counted in threes. When you break down the rhythms of music, it's all groups of twos and threes. Four is a group of two twos. Six is a group of two threes. And even when you get into odd time signatures, you are mixing groups of twos with groups of threes. So not to get too erudite here, I have this machine and yesterday I wanted to do something counted in threes. And in short, you have to do a workaround. So this uh, little piece of music is an experiment in coming up with a uh, 3-4 rhythm on the Akai machine. And so I have a uh, percussive track 
in three and on top of that I put down a base part and a couple of chordal guitar parts and I improvised a uh, melodic lead guitar part on top of all that and I call it a country jazz southern rock waltz waltz being three four time uh the bulk of it is a uh, country waltz type chord pattern with a uh, little southern rock change put in at the end of it and the voicings of the chords though are more along the lines of jazz not something you would hear in country music outside of say western swing but not normally used in the slow waltz tempo anyway like i said it started out as an experiment and uh it ended up being rather fun i hope you enjoy it once again i'm jack prebeck this is the short-term parking podcast and thanks for tuning in Bye.